happened to open up the newspaper this morning and notice that there is a real-life aha story happening in our real world today. Um, flip to the back section, and I, I noticed that there's, there's a, a group of people who had this aha moment where they, they awoke, they realized that, that they weren't where they were supposed to be. And that then they realized that they needed to do something about it, and they, they have started to do it. I'm talking about the Cardinals. They woke up, they realized, what the heck are we doing at the bottom of the standings? They said, we need to score some runs, and now they're scoring some runs, and now we're in first place. Okay, all right. Now that half of you aren't listening, yeah, Brian talked baseball, yeah, good, okay. <clears throat> I want to read through the story of uh, the prodigal son one more time before we move forward, because it's just... It, Again, reading through it is so, it's so powerful. In Luke 15, Jesus says, A few days later, the younger son packed all of his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there, he wasted all of his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the fields to feed his pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. No one gave him anything. Again, to, to this point, we've seen, uh, we know that the, the, prodigal's, the prodigal son's aha story is about to play out. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am, dying of hunger. So there's a sudden awakening. I'll go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please, take me on as a hired servant. There's his brutal honesty. But if you remember back from the first week, Kyle Eidelman was talking about his three-ingredient cookbook. Here's the third ingredient. The next verse reads, So he got up and went to his father. That's our focus today. Immediate action. The prodigal, was a, he, he woke up. Then he had to be brutally honest and immediately got up and went back to his father. Once again, aha is a sudden spiritual understanding, recognition, or resolution that changes everything. There must be a sudden awakening, a moment of brutal honesty, and immediate action in order for a true aha moment to occur. The prodigal son had this awakening. He came to his senses. He had to be brutally honest with himself about the consequences that he deserved And now if he wants to truly have this aha moment, he has to do something. Because unless you act, you won't have aha. Unless you act, it's really just an emotional roller coaster. There are plenty of excuses that we make for not taking action. A lot of us are, again, we're willing to to be to hear the alarm and wake up, and then then we can be brutally honest, but but we make excuses when it comes to actually taking action. We're gonna look at three of those today. The first is passivity. This is the, I'm sure everything's just going to work out thing. Unfortunately, passivity is in our blood. When something is difficult or inconvenient for us, uh, we, we tend to try and work around it and take the easy road. Want some examples? If you have ever ordered something off Amazon, uh, you know that they have like the best and easiest return system on the planet. All right, uh, but still, even though, like, let's say you order something and it's just not working out, 
I guarantee you, if you've, done, if you've ordered something off Amazon and you've gotten that, there's still like 90% of you who would just take that item and be like, you know what, it's only 11 bucks. Uh, I, I'm not going to box this back up. I'm just going to throw it away, right? We literally take the easy road when we're dealing with Amazon. It's not worth the hassle. For those of you who have lived in an apartment or a dorm room, I'm sure that you've had to deal with some rowdy neighbors who get into arguments. What do you do when that argument gets too loud? Do you go downstairs and, and offer help? Maybe even if it's bad enough, do you call the police to say, hey, something's going on here? Or do you do what I did last night? And you walk over to the window, and you shut it, and you turn on some music to drown out the sound because you need some sleep because you're preaching in the morning. I, I, can't, I can't deal with that. I need, you know, I'm being passive. I, I want to push that aside. How many of you have passed a homeless person or a donation center at Christmas time and the only thought rolling through your head is don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. They won't talk to me if I don't make eye contact. Somebody else is going to take care of it, right? Change will fill that jar. The homeless person will be helped by somebody else, but not me. Not me. I can't do this. I can't do it right now. We're a passive people living in a passive society and we believe everything will just work itself out. There's a story that I've told the students, and it's, it's fairly well known. I'm not claiming credit for it. But it's a story of a man who lived in Louisiana. All right? So he lives in the heart of hurricane territory, and he's a Christ follower. He believes in God. Uh, he believes that Jesus came and died for him. And, and he believes that God is always by his side, always ready to protect him. Like he, again, he, this is a strong believer. He's watching the news one day, and the reporters, uh, it was probably Bob, on, on the news say, hey, tropical storm turning into a hurricane, all right? You need to start getting ready. So, you know, his friends start talking about this storm coming, and he's like, uh, you know what? Don't worry. This storm's not going to hit us. I believe in God. I love God. He's watching over me. He's never going to leave me. So the storm progresses, and people start to border up their windows and, and prepare their house for the coming storm. And his neighbors come over and they're like, hey, buddy, we'll, we'll help you get your house ready for this. Like, if you're, if you're there, like, again, we, we want to be in, we're in this together. Let's, let's get your house prepared. He's like, no, 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 don't worry. I believe in a God who will never leave my side. He's here for my protection. He will not let anything happen to me. So the storm comes, storm hits, and it's starting to get bad enough to where they're evacuating the area. The police come by and they say, hey, guy, you got to go. Like, get out of your house. We need to move. This storm is going to be bad. There's potential you might die here. Like, you need to go. Guy says, thanks, officer, but I believe in a loving God who is my, care, my caregiver and my protector. He's not going to leave me out here in this storm, all right? I, I'm good. I thank you uh, for your concern, but I'm good. So the storm, uh, the storm comes, and the waters are rising, so he has to come outside of his house, and he's got to get to the highest point. So he's standing on the roof, Water gets to about waist high. So he's just doing nothing, chilling on his roof as the water's rising, and somebody comes by in a boat. Hey, man, uh, you ready to go yet? Like, hop in the boat, let's go. Let's get out of here, let's get to safety. He's like, no, 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 don't worry. I believe in a God who loves me and cares for me, and he will not leave me out here in this storm. Waters continue to rise. Something, he finds something that's floating, and he's able to grab onto it. So he's literally out in this storm, in this hurricane, and the Coast Guard comes They've got the helicopter, they send a diver over, they drop the ladder, the basket, and they're, they're like, hey, 
guy, let's go. Like, it's time. You are going to die in this storm. Like, you got to get in the basket. We got to get you to safety. No, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. He starts, he's thrashing. He's like, no, no, no. Leave me alone. I'm good. I believe in a God who loves me and cares for me and he will not let me die in the storm. He died in the storm. He gets, he gets to heaven's gates and God looks him straight in the eyes and he goes, what the heck are you doing here? He goes, I don't know. I thought you were going to take care of me. He goes, I did. I gave you a news report. I gave you neighbors who were concerned for you. I gave you the policemen who came and tried to get you out of there. I gave you a friend in a boat. I sent the Coast Guard. What more do you want from me? But the guy was too passive to actually take anybody up. Uh, we, again, I lost my spot. I, sorry. There we go. <laughs> Passivity kills our motivation to actually get up and do something. The greatest example of this in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 3. Read with me. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly not die, certain serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Now, I know a lot of us guys like to look and say, see, I knew it. It was women. Eve, Eve let sin into the world. It's her fault. Go back. Let's go back. Rewind it here. Look at that last line in verse 6. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. What the heck did Adam do? He didn't say anything. He didn't do anything. All he thought was, eh, maybe this will work out going to go with the flow. The most passive move in the books. In order to experience aha, we cannot be Adam. We cannot sit on our hands. We need to get up and actively fight passivity. Our next excuse is procrastination. I'll get to it later. I might be the most qualified person to speak to you today about this topic. I'm the king of putting things off, and it's something that I'm not proud of, at least anymore. My life motto used to be, if good things come to those who wait, then what's the problem with procrastination? If something needs to get done, I'll get it done. It's just going to be on my timeline. What's that? It's 7 p.m. on Monday. I've got to finish my teach for Wednesday's Refuge. I teach a basketball game and read Custard tomorrow, so I won't have time to do it then. What's that, Netflix? (laughs) Yes, I am still here. Back when Riley and I were planning our wedding, she gave me one job. One. I cannot describe to you how lucky I was to have this one job. It was picking the music. It's a fun job. It's a great thing. And so I went through the process of picking our DJ. I, I, I got our DJ. And, and so I sat down with them, and they, they showed me this website that I can go to that I can literally pick the playlist. I can pick the, the no plays. You know, so like uh, no Sam Hunt, no Macarena, you know, like things like that. I... It was, a, it was a really cool system, and as, we're, as he's showing us, I'm like, I'm pumped up. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a really fun thing to do. 
And then, like, time started to pass. Because this is months before the wedding, right? And time starts to pass, and then they're calling me, and they, they can see on the website that I haven't done anything. Hey, Brian, I just wanted to check in and see how, your, how, how much progress you're making on your playlist. I'm like, oh, it's coming along great. We've got it all on a piece of paper. We've got it written down, and uh, it's up in my noggin. I'll, I'll get it on the website soon. After about six or seven phone calls, they decided to stop calling Brian, and they decided to call the other number. That was not a good number to call. For me, they called Riley. So now I'm not getting calls from the DJ. I'm getting calls from Riley and getting more calls from Riley and getting more calls from Riley. And with each phone call, she became a little less Riley. (laughs) Hell hath seen no fury like that of Riley when you don't follow her plan. All right, so I, again, we're getting down to it. I think we were literally like a week out from our wedding, all right? The deadline is, they're like telling us, you either pick your playlist or we will pick music for you. Like, this is it. This is, you, you have to do it tonight or you're done. So, again, Riley, being not so Riley, decided to uh, give me one last phone call, one last chance, and I did it. I got it done. It was like 3.30 in the morning. It only took me like an hour all right? So again, I got it done. We had a great time. You should have seen my grandparents dancing. Like it was, I did a great job with the playlist, but that decision to procrastinate and push that one job that she gave me down the line still haunts me to this very day. Uh, because again, she's, she's got a steel trap memory and, uh, does not let me forget about this horrible mistake. Uh, again, we, we tend to procrastinate when we just when we don't want to have to deal with whatever it is. When we, when we have something better in front of us. Again, it, my life, Riley's life would have been so much easier. Would have been so much better if I had just listened and just done it. See, I admitted it. My mother-in-law is here. You heard it first. In James chapter 4, verse 14, James wrote, You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. The Apostle Paul follows that up with a warning in Ephesians 5, 15, and 16. It says, Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. I was not making the most of every opportunity. If I had, that playlist would have been done in the first hour after I got home. We can't keep pushing things down the road. The prodigal son is the perfect example. He didn't sit around and wait. He didn't procrastinate. He didn't say, oh, I'm, uh, I'm good. I'll, I'll get there eventually. I'm, I'm going to wait. No. He got up and he went home. He didn't devise some perfect master plan. He didn't wring his hands worrying about what could go wrong. And he didn't take a nap so that he was well rested for his journey home. No. He got up. He made the most of that opportunity that he had before him. And he went. He got up and he went home. The longer that we procrastinate to leave our distant country, the harder it becomes to actually leave, and the less likely we are to actually succeed. Finally, we face defeatism. That's it's too far gone. I'm done. My story's written. There's nothing I can do about it. This is the biggest lie that we imperfect people choose to believe. We have our sudden awakening, and we're brutally honest about what needs to happen But we see a mountain of obstacles in our path, and we say, there's no way that I can overcome this. I can't fix this mess. It's done. 
My kids are too old for me to have an influence on them. My marriage is too broken to be mended. My friend is too angry. My reputation too far gone. My debt is too overwhelming. My addiction too powerful. My life is just too messed up. Luke gives us a fantastic example of why these are lies in chapter 23 of his book. He writes, Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself, if he really is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you're the king of the Jews, then save yourself. There was a notice written above him, which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there next to Jesus hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? So save yourself, and why don't you save us too? I need to pause here, because as I, I was writing this piece of it and reading this story, and I, ha- I had a, camp, a day camp flashback. All this music started to come into my mind. They're inside your head. You got a voice that says, You won't get past this one. You won't win your freedom. This is my tryout for question marks. <laughs> All right, back to it. But still, the messages are there. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said? Since you're under the same sentence, we're punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. More camp themes here from, that, from those songs. To everyone who's hit their limit, even when you think you're finished, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Still another song from that week. Don't let doubt, don't let fear steal the promises you hold. God is with you in the fire. You will never be alone. When you see or what you see as a mountain is a pebble on the road. So hold on. As long as you have breath in your lungs, it's never too late. And you can't believe the lies. When we're in the distant country and it's time to go home, we allow passivity, procrastination, and defeatism to hold us down. We allow all kinds of excuses to spiral around in our heads. And if we just get up and go, we'd see that God is waiting there with open arms. He wants us there with him. He wants us back. We're the ones making the excuses. So what are you waiting for? What's your excuse? What battle are you fighting? If it's passivity, procrastination, or defeatism, I want you to cross them off your list today. God is inviting you home, here, right here and now, from your distant country. And it's time to just get up and go. Pray with me. Father, we pray today for courage, for strength. Because when we come to this point where where we've had this awakening, we know something's not right. 
And we can be brutally honest about, yeah, this is a problem, and I, I, I know that something needs to change. We, we get to this spot where, where we actually have to get up and do it. And God, that's scary. The situations that we go through, the things that, that lie in our road, we see as, as mountains, but God, you know that they're pebbles. I pray today that, again, you would make us courageous, make us strong in the face of all the obstacles that we put in our way. Because we want to come home from the distant country. We want to see you there with your outstretched arms, waiting, running to us to bring us home. Give us that big hug. God, help us to get up and go to come back home to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our servers are coming right now to receive the offering as they do. I want you to take a look at the image on the screen. This isn't something we found on the internet. This is actually just a couple miles from where we are right now. It's the DuPage River at Four Rivers uh, Education Environmental Center. And this is the place that we like to go annually for a time of being able to offer people the chance to get baptized. So that'll be on September 10th, just a few weeks from now. What a great way to express to the Father, I'm coming home, than just simply in front of all your family and friends say, I am committing my life to Christ and I want people to know it. So if you want to do that, if you're interested, make sure you talk to somebody at the Welcome Center today. Maybe there's a a kid in your family that's been talking about getting baptized and you need to get that name in. Perhaps your child's been asking you, so mom, dad, when did you get baptized? And you've been doing kind of the, uh, er, uh, well, because you haven't yet. Great chance for you, along with your child, to go ahead and and proclaim your love for Jesus on that day, on September 10th. So, again, make sure you talk to somebody at the Welcome Center about that. The other thing going on right now, we're going to be headed the last week of August, uh, several of us, back back up to Green Lake Conference Center. There's an old chapel there that our church has taken on, uh, doing some rehab work on it, and I I love what's going on there. I mean, there's going to be new tile put in. It's going to be a really beautiful, uh, sacred space to reflect and and be quiet in the presence of God. Uh, We need some people who want to come and, and spend either the whole time, you can literally go Monday to Monday, the last full week of August or a portion of that time, maybe a day or two to come up and there's, there's outdoor work to do, some painting of trim, uh, some landscaping, there's some indoor work to do as well that's going to be uh, fun and, and directed by somebody who will let us know exactly what we're supposed to be doing with that. There are so many variables involved in this that I decided the best, easiest way to deal with this is I'll be by the black table at the end of the service. If you're at all interested, come up and up and have a conversation. Coming up and having a conversation isn't a commitment. I just am able to give you the details rather than spending the next seven to ten minutes walking through every possibility. So I want to go ahead now as we have the other weeks and turn back to the, turn back to the story and see where Kyle takes us in terms of, of wrapping this up today. So let's watch that and then we'll come back and close. One of my favorite stories in scripture is found a few chapters after the prodigal son. In Luke 19, we read the true story of Zacchaeus. You probably remember him. This may help. He was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He was a uh, tax collector who had gotten rich working for the Roman government and taking money from his own people, and nobody liked Zacchaeus. But then one day, Jesus is passing through town, and Zacchaeus has heard about Jesus, and he climbs a tree so that he can see Jesus coming down the road. But as Jesus passes by, he looks up at Zacchaeus, and he says, Zacchaeus, I'm going to go eat at your house today. 
And Zacchaeus has lunch with Jesus, and Jesus says something, we're not sure what, but the alarm begins to sound in his life, and, and he wakes up. Zacchaeus realizes what he's been doing, and he's honest with himself, and he's honest about his dishonesty and greed, and what it's done to others. Now the question is, what's he going to do about all that? There's been this awakening, there's been some honesty. What happens next in verse 8? Zacchaeus says, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay them back four times the amount. He says, here and now. He doesn't say, well, when tax season wraps up and I can start new with some clean books, I'm going to do things right. He says, right here, right now, I'm going to take action. Next, please. So my question is this. What are you waiting for? This is the place, and now is the time. Can I have a ticket to Louisville, please? If there is something within you right now that is saying, look, it's all good, tomorrow I can take some strides in this. Maybe next week I'll go to church and make a decision then. If you're hearing this voice say, not right now, then know that that voice is not coming from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not say tomorrow. The Holy Spirit will not say next week. The Holy Spirit never says later. The Holy Spirit always says today. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2 says, Now is the accepted time, and now is the day of salvation. Hebrews 3:15 says today if you hear God's voice don't harden your heart. So if God is speaking to you, if he is revealing some things to you, then today is the day and now is the time to get up. Just stand with me. Here and now, today is the day to take action. Not next week, not when you get a few things in order. Here and now, it's time to take action. Brian suggested some powerful reasons that we hold back. Passivity, procrastination, defeatism. Let me give you one other, and that's just plain paralysis. The paralysis that comes when you wonder how your change will be received. What will other people think? What will the Father think? Will the Father open the door and come running down the lane, or will he see me coming, slam the door shut, and quickly put a for sale sign in the lawn? Will the older brother be happy I came home, or will he be angry and resentful? What's going to happen I suspect that paralyzes a lot of us from making the significant move that we need to make. Here's what I know from the story. People a lot of times let us down with their reactions. People a lot of times will react in a way that is opposite of what we hoped for. But here's what I also know from the story. The father reacts the same way every time. 
every time the door is wide open and he is running down the lane and embracing you and saying, it's time for a party. I'm so glad you're home. You do not have to worry about the reaction of the father. You know what the father's reaction is going to be. So would you do this? Put aside everything else that's holding you back and just think of those loving arms that are outstretched saying, come home, I want you back home. Now, Father in heaven, as we walk away from this place, I pray that our action would truly be immediate. No more thinking about it, no more planning, no more, if once I get this in order or that in place or whatever, no more trying to perfect it but instead simply coming to you and saying, I'm ready right now. I am ready to come home. God, I pray that we would have the guts and the wisdom to do that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Enjoy your week. We'll see you. Old things have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. 